Hey everyone, and thank you as always for tuning in again. Um, just want to go over my post-game thoughts on the Panthers-Sabers game last night. Uh, wasn't a tremendous performance. I think it's a pretty typical Sabers loss this year. It looked worse on the scoreboard than it actually was, but still, just defensive breakdowns, controlling play for a decent amount of the for a decent amount of the game. But just breaking down defensively, not getting timely saves, and that's really been the MO of this team all year. Even when they outplayed the opposition, not saying that they outplayed them tonight, they certainly did not. But um, even when playing a somewhat close game, they can still manage to lose by three or four goals like they did tonight. So first, I really... Wasn't impressed with Linus Olmark tonight. I thought he played pretty well recently, but he was he was a real adventure in the crease. He he seems to he doesn't have tremendous mobility across the crease. I think part of that's because of his size. It's difficult for bigger goaltenders to get across, and as a result, he really overcompensates. And so he'll his movements are are too severe, and he he goes too far one way or too far the other way, and Sometimes that leads him to flop back in the other direction after he overcompensates. So I really I'm looking forward to him getting back to Rochester and having a having a developmental rest of the season and try to get under control because he's got enough athleticism as a as a big goalie like he is to to be a high level goaltender in this league. But I I just don't think he's there quite yet. And if he can. If he can tone down those movements, I think you're going to see a much better Linus Olmark going into the future. But I think he was a he was a big part of why they ended up losing by the score they did tonight. And goaltending's been an issue for the team all year. It was no different tonight. So Olmark and Johnson, they've they've both had their their share of of rough games and good games, and it's all averaged out to them being well below average. So looking forward to, to Robin Leonard getting back and seeing if maybe he can provide average NHL goaltending for them and be at least an average number one. If he can do that, that'll cover up quite a few of the holes we've seen so far. Um, another thing that we saw tonight, of course, another goal coming from uh, from Ryan O'Reilly and being assisted by Jack Eichel. And those two have been really the only two that have been able to consistently create offense recently. And same thing with the goaltending. This is really becoming a trend and becoming a pattern. And there's just so much dead weight on this team. And when you can't get any production out of your third and fourth line, I actually thought the fourth line was pretty good tonight. Uh, Tim Schaller had one of his best games of the year. Legwan looked pretty good. Not, It's not like they were tremendous or anything, but considering my expectations, I think they did all right. But when you're not getting any offensive production out of those two lines, it just puts so much pressure on your top players. Night in and night out, basically if they don't score and produce, your team isn't going to win. I mean, it's it's comforting to know that a lot of this dead weight that's making up the bottom half of this roster isn't going to be here long term but it also shows at the same time Murray has a ton of work left to do and there are still a lot of spots to fill on this team long term 
Um, it's comforting to know I I've liked Brian Gianta more recently, but it's comforting to know that he's going to be gone after next season. His contract will be up. Um, also, Marcus Foligno, I, I really don't see him in the future plans, and I can see him being moved maybe at the deadline or this offseason. Uh, but still, that Molson contract really hurts, and he needs to get going, at least be a 15- to 20-goal guy and to be able to provide some of that secondary scoring. I don't know if he's going to get back there yet or not. Um, I really hope he's not at a point where he's starting to fall off, fall off a cliff, but it hasn't looked good so far. And whether he needs to be up on the on the top line, getting opportunities with Sam Reinhart and Ryan O'Reilly, or or what, or if he should keep playing on a third line with uh, with Johan Larson, I don't know what what the answer is to get him going, if there is any answer, or if you need to just hope that he figures out his game on his own. Um, I liked the first line. I. I do think Evander Kane fits in there. I'd like to see them them cash in more, and specifically for Evander Kane to cash in more when you've got a guy that they gave up all these pieces to get that has a cap hit of 5.25 million per year. You you want him to produce like at the very least a top a top six left winger, and he really hasn't done that to this point yet this year. And he's had the opportunities. He's Played with the line mates. He's bounced around the lineup. They've really tried him everywhere. I do think that's the best fit for him in the lineup, and I think that that line will produce goals if uh, if Bilesma can give it some time. But it's still frustrating to watch game after game, and you keep hoping that it's going to come together. I I hope that they stay together, though. I hope that that I hope that that line can be given some time, and hopefully can can be a long-term fit here, and if they can get line mates for Eichel and keep that line together, then we may really have something here. Um, O'Reilly, another tremendous performance. Uh, he, he came out afterwards, and he, he talked about how he's disappointed and how you know, he's frustrated. He's taking personal responsibility when really he's the last player that needs to be shouldering any responsibility. But it shows he's he's true captain material. And there really isn't anything more that he can do. He's lived up to and far beyond, I think, any Sabres fans' expectations and any expectations of this front office. And if he can keep up this level of play as the roster gets better around him, then the sky is really the limit for them. But Still, it shows he's true captain material that he's willing to step up even when it's not his fault. He's willing to say those kinds of things, to take personal responsibility, even when he isn't personally responsible. So I think he's just showing night in and night out how important he is to this franchise and how he was well worth the the pieces that they gave up to acquire him and the contract that, that this franchise is willing to give him. Um, I think... Another thing that we're that we're seeing is how important it is to get another legit winger, to get a legit winger, at at least one more. Um, everybody keeps talking about yes, we need another top pairing guy, another at the very least legitimate top four defenseman. But fewer people are talking about the the huge need for another high level winger. There, there are just so many question marks there and. If you have 
if you have O'Reilly and Eichel locking down those two center spots long term, then you have Sam Reinhardt occupying one of those spots, one of the winger spots. And obviously he has a tremendous future and he's only going to get better and better. But beyond that, there are a lot of question marks. Uh, you look at Evander Kane, he still hasn't really found his niche in the lineup, hasn't produced like you would expect considering what they gave up for him. Tyler Ennis has had a very bad start to the year, and it's still up in the air whether or not he's a long-term piece of this core. I know Murray Murray was at the helm when, he, when Ennis was given his long contract, but he also wasn't the one that drafted him and developed him. So I think he easily could be a piece that's moved out. And then also is Zemgis Gergensen's a long-term winger, or is he a future third-line center? And that's still kind of up in the air. Right now with the lineup the way it is and the weakness at wing, I like him playing wing. But do they see his future as being that lockdown third-line center? And they very well may because I think he is better at it than than Johan Larson. He can provide more offense, uh, assuming that you have another – uh, that you have other top six winger options that you can put in in Gergensen's place on the wing to move him to center. So bringing in a, a high-level winger is necessary, I think. And that's why their their draft position is looking perfect. Because if, if they pick in the top five, they're going to have their choice of several high-level wingers or a high-level defenseman. I, I, and I think you can't go wrong either way. It's not like one is really a bigger need than the other. I do think that high-level play from the defense is much more um, important to a long-term winner, to having a, a, a type of dynasty. But you already do have your number one defenseman. And I think that high-level play from the wings, it it's more important than a lot of people like to say. The simplistic argument is that all that really matters is center, you know, down the middle, and your defense. And then you can kind of plug in anyone on the wings and anyone at goaltender, and you'll at least be a good team, consider, assuming that your centers and your, de- your defense are strong enough. And I do think wingers are, are less important than wings and – or. Wingers are less important than centers and defensemen, and goaltenders are the least important out of all of the positions. But at the same time, high-level play from the wing is still very important. And you look at the impact that 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 some of the wingers in this league have, that, that guys like Jamie Benn and Alexander Ovechkin and Patrick Kane have. High-level play from the wing still is important to be a contender. So... I think that need still needs to be emphasized over and over again. Unless you see Ennis come back and set the world on fire, you see Evander Kane really find his niche in the lineup, that is still a huge need for this team. And maybe it's easier for them to go out and find a winger in free agency than it is to go out and find a a top-level defenseman in free agency. So maybe the defenseman comes via draft and the winger comes via free agency. But... They're still both huge needs, and those far supersede. I know goaltending right now, everyone thinks that's the immediate need because that's probably the weakest area on the team. I agree it's the weakest area on the team, but that's also the easiest position to go out and find someone later. 
and to find someone, whether it's by free agency or stumbling onto somebody in the draft. You still have Robin Leonard, who you gave up a first-round pick for. That's only 24 years old, and you've got to hope that he turns into something. Um, but that's the easiest position to go out and find someone. You look at, you know, you look at a goaltender like uh, like Neuvert and how Philly was able to sign him for next to nothing, and he's providing above-average number one goaltender numbers there. Um, that's just one example out of out of many many. Uh, so winger and defense, those are those really are the two. Those are the two biggest needs, and I think the more games that we see, the more that we see these trends solidifying. You know, it's not just speculation anymore. It's this is the team. This is what we have. Now that we're halfway into the season, we know it's this is who they are. They're thin up front. They have very good top two centers. They have a very good number one defenseman. Um, their goaltending is weak. They're thin on the wing, very, I mean, especially thin on the wing. And their second and third pairs are playing. They're not necessarily liabilities, but they're liabilities in the, in the positions that they're playing most nights. You know, to have, to really have no other options besides playing McCabe and Bogosian heavy minutes every night, it, it's, a, it, it's a bad position to be in. And you saw, you saw that against Florida tonight. And playing against a good team that has some depth, and that's very good in terms of team defense. Obviously, Roberto Luongo owned the Sabres, always does. He has something like a 940 career save percentage and always seems to come out with a win. Um, But that team overall is very good defensively, so it's not just Roberto Luongo and it was them being able to suffocate the Sabres for most of the night and to prevent a lot, prevent many high-quality scoring chances. So we're going to keep seeing this same formula night in, night out. Uh, they they may go on a win streak, especially when you've got the talent that you have in your, in the lineup with O'Reilly and Eichel and Ristolainen. This team isn't going to lose every night. This team isn't what they were last year, the year before. They're clearly much better than that. But when you are as thin as you are, you're going to see a lot of performances like this and like we've seen throughout this losing streak where, yes, maybe your top guys show up, but you're not getting any production from anyone else. And at the end of the day, I don't think it really – I'm not getting worked up about it. I'm not getting worked up over the losses because I know that they are in a good spot still long term. They may not be in a good spot now, and I may be – frustrated when turning on the game each night or each each night they play but at the same time I also I understand that it's a process and you're not going to go from from worst to first in a single year especially when your core is this young and the guys that you brought in like the O'Reilly's and the Canes they're they're not it's not like they're right in their prime either they're still probably at the very beginning of their prime. I know that NHL players' typical prime is probably from 24 to 27 um, in that range. So it's not like you have this roster full of 24-year-olds that you're expecting to contend for the Cup this year. Your core is those guys and then a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds 
and then the veteran support just isn't there. So, so I'm just trying to avoid getting too worked up and really driving myself crazy the rest of the year because I think this is who they are, and we've just got to enjoy what there is to enjoy and at the same time understand that a lot of these pieces aren't going to be here over the long term. And it's fun to speculate, to project, that type of stuff. I know I like doing it. Maybe some fans are much more concerned about the the here and now and what's what's happening in the next game. But just to be able to project out what these core pieces are going to be able to be and to speculate about what changes can be made to replace some of this dead weight with some legitimate pieces that are going to be part of an eventual contender, hopefully. Um, more about this game in particular. Uh, Florida, they looked very good. I, I like Huberdo a lot. That line's great. Barkov is going to be, he's going to be a force for a long time. Uh, is really the perfect complement to those two guys. They each bring something different to, to the line. I, I still think their scoring depth, though, isn't going to be there to make a run in the playoffs. And that may change. They may make a big trade at the deadline, trade their first round pick or, or something to, to bring in another, another scorer or another player or two that can add to their scoring depth. But I think that's going to be what holds them back in the playoffs, unless they can make that move to put them over the top. But I like the defense a lot and, Ekblad's only going to get better, and you have the right mix of young players and, and veterans back there, like Brian Campbell I still like a lot, and guys like Willie Mitchell. And then you have great goaltending, and you have a uh, very good or backup playing very well, too, in El Montoya. So I like that team. I still think they're not quite there yet to be a, to be a true contender, and I think that you're going to see that down the stretch. Uh, when Carey Price comes back, if Tampa starts playing up to to their talent level and you see Ottawa start to pick it up, I, I think this division is going to get a whole lot tougher and I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be in first at the end. I also think Boston is going to to fall back as well. but I, I don't think they're gonna start running away with this division and they're gonna keep this win streak going. Um, I just don't see them having that that scoring depth. And, but still, I mean, with how young their team is, it's a, it's a great position for them to be in. And they're going to be able to almost assuredly lock up those pieces long-term, get Barkov locked up, and then Ekblad next year they can get locked up. Uh, so they're in a great position long-term, and I think, you know, as soon as next year they could be a true contender. Or, like I said, if they acquire that right piece of the deadline, if they decide to go all in, they could look like a true Stanley Cup contender this year, but... I just don't see it yet. They're still light years ahead of the Sabres. They're maybe where I hope the Sabres could be next year. Maybe. I mean, I don't expect them to be that that good because I don't think the defense is going to be anywhere close to that level yet. But that's like the that's the top level. That's the absolute high end of what the Sabres could be next year if everything goes right in the offseason and they can find a you know, Leonard becomes that number one goalie. Um, the Sabres may be looking more at 2017, 2018 when the core guys right now are closer in age to the core guys in Florida right now. That may be more the time when we're looking at a Florida type team where maybe a very good regular season team and maybe just 
on the cusp of being that, that true contender that you can see winning it all. In terms of individual players tonight, um, I I didn't really like what I saw out of Koliakovo. I'm sure part of that's rust. He hadn't been in for, I believe, his 11 games prior to this one. Um, but I'm not sure when he'll see the lineup next with Pasek hopefully coming back next week, and I think Weber is going to be inserted back because he had been playing playing pretty well. Um, and the third line, understandably, with two of the guys probably struggling the most on the team, understandably that, that line wasn't very good either. Uh, when you put Molson and Gianta together, as, as has tended to happen most of the year, they... They haven't looked good. Um, I don't know really what other place there is for them in the lineup right now. It's not like anyone on the fourth line is playing so incredibly that they need to be moved up the lineup, and I don't, I don't really want to disrupt either of those top two lines right now. So I would probably keep that the way it is. But that's just that's just how it is right now with this with this roster, and you're going to have at least that line or two that. There's nothing you can really do. You can't break up another line. They don't have the kind of depth where they can mix and match much. And it seems like with the with this bottom six, it's been a lot of shuffling crap around. And that's just that's just how it is this year. And I'm not going to complain about it. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna piss and moan because that's just how it's going to be when you've got when you've got this many players struggling at once. Maybe when they get a little healthier, when Delorier's back and when Ennis is back, you have a few more options to, to mix and match throughout the lineup. But right now with two injuries to, to two of your top 12 forwards and with how thin they are overall, there's, there's not really much else I can say about it. Uh, I touched on the defense earlier too, and not, there's not much to change there. When when Pesic's out, and like I said, he's going to be back hopefully next week, that will help a lot. But when he's out and with how thin you are, and there's not there aren't really other options throughout the organization, what you have is what you have. And you can't really mix up the pairings at all. So you're going to be stuck with Jake McCabe and Zach Bogosian with how inconsistent even with how inconsistent that pairing's been, you're going to be stuck with them playing huge minutes. And that's just how it's going to be until they can upgrade this defense. So not a ton of blame I can pin on any particular players or, or anything. I think it's just it's just the typical suspects. It's the, the bottom six, the, the bottom two defensive pairings, and the goaltending. And... What happened tonight, what I'm talking about tonight, I'm probably going to be repeating quite a few times throughout this year. Um, hopefully I'll have out another podcast leading into leading into the next game. I'm still not sure, but I'll have it out um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I record it. So I appreciate your listen once again. And please subscribe, tell your friends, feel free to email me uh, if you have any any pointers, any concerns, any questions, any topics you'd like me to talk about, get my opinions on. Uh, I really appreciate it just trying to build this up. So uh, have a fantastic, fantastic day. Keep soldiering through this cold weather. 
and thank you.